I'm Floyd Whiting. I'm Aaron Linden. <laughs> I'm Steve Sisson. I'm Madison Danford. And we're your jackalopes. Uh, we like to take a deep dive into a jackalope hole to find the context to many conspiracy theories and issues that affect our world today. And today we're going to have a discussion on uh, something that has uh, really affected the world. Everybody knows this news story. I'm going to let Steve take over and kick it off. Bring us up to speed on what it was and okay. what happened. Well, you'd have to be kind of under a rock to not know about it, but uh, this was a, the Titan submersible that uh, was part of Ocean Gate's uh, uh, adventures to take tourists down to the Titanic is basically what it was. <clears throat> it's a little more than just that, but that's the gist of it. And so this is one of those uh, adventures that they're going on where they take some billionaires and they pay $250,000 a head to uh, take a trip down to the Titanic, look around and come back up and share their experiences and all that. And uh, this one obviously did not go as planned and uh, everyone on board uh, sadly passed away uh, probably an implosion is what it looks like uh, as the uh, sub was going to the bottom or maybe on the bottom of the ocean and it made national headlines for a while because it was missing they didn't know what the status of the vessel was uh, there was a lot of uh, hope that maybe they'd be able to recover them bring them back up and then it turned out that that was not the case but yeah this was uh, top news for for four days yes yeah, for the entire Straight. time that the 24 search was hours underway. a day news cycle so much hope uh, that People had hope, you know, that we'd get them found and we'd be able to figure out how to get them back up. Uh, and it's one of those situations where you're working on a, a, a limited amount of time, mm -hmm. you know. And, and so they were about one hour and 45 minutes into the dive, five people on board. The expedition operated by a U.S. company. Ocean Gate, mm -hmm. which, in my opinion, Ocean Gate, Water Gate, well, Gate yeah. Gate. I mean, holy cow! There are so it's... many parallels in this story. You know, the, the Titanic story itself is loaded with fable quality stuff. You know, wrath right. of God kind of things. You know, like God teaching humanity a lesson, and this just adds into it. There are so yeah. many parallels you can draw between this and the Titanic story itself. You know, but when it comes down to everything, uh, and those who've been paying attention. Uh, I'm sure have seen, you know, the the visuals that are out there, mm -hmm. the interviews that have been done with individuals who worked on this submersible, and it was just flawed from the very beginning. It was so scary. I mean, I watched the interview. You, I think you saw it too, and Shreff saw it, where they're interviewing Stockton Rush, the guy that had this thing built, and it's got like one button. <laughs> Yeah. He goes, ah, it's like an elevator. It's not rocket science. <laughs> oh, like, my gosh. It kind of is. It certainly should have science. been, right? Yeah. Or you hit this button, and it starts going down, and then we use this gaming controller. And I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, no way. No way. Like we were talking about earlier, we could take the propane tank from out back, put a window in it, and, eh, well, close enough. Let's go see what's on the bottom of DeSmith. Man. I got a Wii controller. Let's do it from here. It's just, and one thing that uh, those of you who are actually on social media platforms know, the internet has been absolutely savage. Oh, over this. I love it. <laughs> it's, it's one of those situations where, look, this was an absolute tragedy, especially when you, you learn about the kid who didn't want to go, and so he went with his father. Well, he was one of the victims in this thing, and I would call him a victim, not uh, not a willing participant, really. Uh, no, he was, he was actually terrified, and he had, they had interviewed his aunt, and she said he was 
absolutely terrified, like to the point of almost being sick before this whole thing. Didn't want to go, didn't want to go. But because it was over Father's Day and his dad bought the tickets, he wanted to please his dad. Yeah. So he went. And I'm like, you got to pay attention to those gut instincts. Absolutely. You because do. they're there for a reason. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, before the show, we were talking about the risks that we all take. Um, you know, we're not we're not billionaires. And I'm, I'm sure the majority of our listenership is not a billionaire either. <laughs> but we all participate in some sort of activity to find a thrill, right? To be that explorer, to be, to be something uh, or to do something a little more than average, right? At least once in our lives. Now, we got to talking to Madison. <laughs> she hasn't really done very much as of yet, but she's still young. She's young. Yeah. I, was, I was 25 before I jumped out of the airplane. So... Aaron, you've done a lot, though. I've done a lot of crazy things. And a lot when I was younger because you're infallible. Oh, like yeah. The Titan, yeah, yeah. supposedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, I got my open water dive certification when I was 13. I had to dive down. I think the open water dive was 80 feet. Had to take your mask off, take your regulator out, put it back in, clear your mask, all that stuff. And then ascend without taking a breath and i mean all kinds of stuff but zip lining bungee jumping rock climbing mm -hmm. name it thrill seeking yeah yeah of. you're looking for and, a little and bit and of it's that just is. fun stuff yeah and now other people would find that terrifying probably mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i <laughs> like it have you ever been on a carnival ride yes okay there you go there's risk involved yeah okay there's risk so in that th we can call that your your thrill seeking <laughs> as you jump on the zipper yes the i Ferris mean wheel. my dad driving that's really have you ever been on any of the rides when the rodeo's going yeah those are okay you're gonna yeah, die they're, so they're <laughs> from 1970 <laughs> they take them down and, and reassemble them, them and every time i ever move from college there's always like you put your bookshelf back together and you're like, wow, where'd that come from? Man? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Sooner or later, yeah, that's a risk. <laughs> this so pin awesome. looks important. <laughs> right. <laughs> put it in your pocket. They're we'll like, set Do it I up need next time. Local No, you're good. Yeah, it's that's not gonna fine. make any difference, really. <laughs> right. <laughs> Steve, you bungee jumping. I you bungee said jump, was yeah. your big one. Yeah, that's probably the most risky thing I've done, and I only did that for well t for two reasons. Uh, <laughs> it was on our honeymoon, and my wife wanted to do it, and so, so I kind of had wife. to. Yeah. And our boss had done it like a couple years before and so i couldn't like not do it after he did it oh yeah well, oh, so yeah you can't get called out yeah no. I, mean, I just went right out there just went for it so so when you were standing on the ledge that's what you just decided to hell with it yeah she actually started to like you know maybe not want to do it it took her a while to get the courage to jump off yeah. and i just went for it because you know i got that far i might as well go all the way right didn't push her i didn't hesitate at all no now, <laughs> but if you show up and they're like, well, we got these rubber bands that we found and, and uh, game controller, you know, so we can monitor. Would you have done it? No. Right. You, you would definitely assess the environment you're in and you weigh those risks. Whenever you do something like that, you kind of look at the situation you're in. You learn as much as you can about the apparatus that's involved. And, yeah, you definitely you make those uh, evaluations and make those decisions based on what level of risk you're willing to take. How when many it, red flags you find. Exactly. A hundred percent. That's the thing with this sub, though, is it's like it was all red flags. Yeah. You talk to this guy and there's like this bar in there for i don't know if you you can't even stand up so i don't know why it's there and he's like i got this from camping world and i'm yeah. like 
did you put screws in there? Because that's probably not good for the integrity of the sub. But it kind of makes you wonder, yeah. Um, it's just it, stuck on with alien tape, maybe? He definitely, he definitely had the reputation for... Um, weighing innovation over safety. In fact, I think he's... He he's, said that. He said in some interviews that safety gets in the way. And, and I, I, would, I yep. would agree with that to a certain point. At a certain point, safety is waste. But I think he severely misjudged where that point was. Right. And how do you identify that point? Well, and and, and James Cameron gave an interview uh, and and has spoken on this. And and for those of you who don't know, he's the director of the, the big movie Titanic. He's also directed, I don't know how many other movies, but he's great. I love all of his films. And he, in 2012, he put together a team to design a deep water submersible called the Challenger Deep. And he actually undertook an expedition to history's most famous shipwreck, the Titanic. After making the film, he wanted to go down there and see it himself. And he knew if I'm going to do this, I need a piece of equipment that has yet to be invented. And so they invented it. Now, James Cameron did say that he has, they did not get this certified by anybody. But he also said, there was only one life I was putting at risk with the invention of this submersible. And that's mine. Mm -hmm. It is irresponsible for people to a charge money for to take people into an unsafe environment that you haven't at least gone through and had certified checked out double checked that you're throwing this thing together willy-nilly and heading to the bottom of the damn ocean this is just a foolish endeavor in my opinion and it had obviously no regulation around it now i know there's people out there who said oh great now we're going to talk about regulation <laughs> yeah. well five people are regulate dead. everything i think you know there's I, I have no problem with people like you know pushing the envelope testing out the what ifs and that kind of stuff and, and in one respect that's kind of what he's doing is like do we need to have this big heavy metal sphere as the pressure vessel can we do something lighter that's bigger and can take more people and not weigh as much it's easier to transfer around it's more mobile down there um it, are there other ways to do this i have no problem with that but if you're running an experimental craft that's probably not the time to be taking paying customers for rides exactly two hundred fifty thousand. yeah any kind of tourism venture probably ought to be operated within the established realms of you know safety measures and all that stuff. but you know you look at spacex you look at bezos and his phallic rocket ship <laughs> apollo 13. I mean, this was kind of the Apollo 13 of mm. the ocean. I'm going to completely disagree with you on the comparison of those two things for two because, reasons. Because well, one Number was one. NASA and it was engineered correctly. <laughs> and you had trained astronauts going up there, individuals who knew how to respond to emergency situations. They'd been tested over and over and over yeah, and over. Yeah, they drilled for all how these things. How do they respond under this kind of pressure? Can they still think while this is going on? Because it would surprise you how many people just can't. An emergency happens oh, yeah. and the bottom they falls seize, out. Mm -hmm. up. So you can't just throw anyone into the Apollo 13 and head up there to check out the moon. We had professionals. We had people who were blazing new territory who knew how to respond. I mean, think about what they did in Apollo 13. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to get off on a sidetrack, but they had an emergency. Engineers got to work. Yeah. They basically they threw everything that was on. Thing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. They just threw a pile of this is what they've got to work with. Now, invent me 
something mm -hmm. to clean up this air. This, to me, all right, and I don't know who was up on the other vessel. I don't know who was in command of this whole thing, okay? But they didn't seem like they were professionals. They seemed like they were a bunch of people who were simply going out there. You want to go see the Titanic? Well, let's figure out how to do that. Go get a pop can. We'll put right. a window in it, and we'll see where we go from here. Do you put people's lives at risk for that? Who stands over top of you and checks that pop can? And that's the thing, though, is so it's not regulated, but should it be? I don't know. If I want to spend $250,000 and go see the Titanic, and on the first page of the waiver, it mentions death like five times. Red flag. Mm. But if I'm willing to do that, pony up the dough and go, well, I could die. Mm -hmm. I should be able to. People climb Everest all the time, harsh environment. People go down in the ocean, harsh environment. People live in the desert, harsh environment. But I don't know that I have a, if I'm willing to take the risk, then I'm willing to take the risk. I think that the key is as long as they fully understood what the risks that they were taking were. And I think that's one of the big problems with this is, okay, it mentions death five times. Yeah, we're going to the bottom of the ocean, but it's a good submarine, right? Yeah, I think that's one it's of the things. Not. You, that shouldn't be the concern. Right. The, the concern you have should be you're going to get down there and maybe get tangled up in something and, and those kind of things. The the actual integrity of the, of the ship you're on shouldn't be one of the things you're worried about. Right, mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah, I think uh, I, I do think like it's it's it should be tourism is a whole different thing from the cutting edge of exploration. Right. Yes. I, I don't think those two things should be going on simultaneously. But don't you think maybe that was part of the push of some of these guys? They're like, well, I'm an explorer now. Oh, it absolutely was. I, yeah. I got to see the Titanic, and there's there's less people that have seen the Titanic, and we know less about our own ocean than we've mapped of Mars. Mm -hmm. You know, it I mean, it's just was. insane. Uh, they, they had a promotional video where that's basically how they were selling it. It's like, you're not just on a Disney ride. You are a citizen scientist doing, you know, this kind of stuff. You're participating in the right. actual operation of this thing. Uh, they would go on multiple dives on each of these exploration expeditions. And so you'd have a certain number of people that would go down and the rest of them would stay up on the ship and do other jobs while they were up there. So you were immersed in this experience. Yeah, I don't want to pay $250,000 to do a job. Yeah, you're not just, you're not just there on a sightseeing <laughs> tour, though. Right. You're not just there to look out the little window and see, you know, the thing up close. Which is, so this is part of what I find so bizarre is, what was it, a 15-inch window mm -hmm. on the front of this thing? There's, you're in the back, you know, you're on a flat thing. You can't stand up. You can't even really kneel. They said that they didn't, weren't allowed to have shoes. Yeah, you couldn't wear your shoes yeah. in there. That would be there's a red flag. bucket up front <laughs> with a black curtain that serves as the toilet for this thing. So you get down there and like one at a time, you're peering out this window. Otherwise, it's on a monitor mm -hmm. in front of you because they had cameras and lights and everything. Watch it on YouTube. Yeah, they literally it's a lot watch... cheaper yeah. and not so yeah. dangerous. They can I literally don't watch go... the movie. <laughs> I don't want to go to the bottom of the ocean and be staring at a computer screen. Yeah. But that means you're not willing to take that risk. Uh, there is something I, I've gone in submarines. Yeah, but like, you can not see deep, you can but... see great videos and pictures of the Grand Canyon, but yeah, that's not the same justice. as being there. Right. And I think in this case, you know, it, there is some weight to that situation of actually being at the site, being at the actual ship itself. That I think, you know, people if it were not you know, $250,000 to do it, more people would probably sign on to go in and go actually visit the site. I think there is an appeal I would, there. See, I would, I would be interested in going and seeing it. Now, if somebody was like, oh, hey, exploratory thing, whatever, okay. 
but I want to be in the sphere. I want to know <laughs> that this thing is like has structural integrity yeah. to it. I'm not opposed to it. It's just you don't want to be the guinea pig, right? I want to yeah. test it out. These people seemed like they didn't, maybe not care, but they had that belief that oh well, it's been down there a couple times. Yeah, this it, was their third trip to the Titanic. It was a third expedition. It was I think the fourteenth dive. That fourteenth dive, yeah. but some of those were in the Bahamas and things. Yeah, I think, and not was, near that depth. They they made they made a, at least twelve dives to the Titanic in this particular craft, which oh, is wow. why I think that um, you, you can't say that it was maybe poorly made or it wasn't strong enough. I, I think it may have had a design flaw possibly. I mean, everything else that operates at those depths is a metal sphere. Right. And this is a carbon fiber tube with end caps on it. Maybe that's not the greatest design, but I think if, if well, it were- Well, I think we've proven it isn't. <laughs> well, maybe. Uh, it could also just have had a defect in it. True. Um, so, and that's another thing is like, this is such cutting edge stuff that this carbon fiber tube that's five inches thick they had no way of really testing it beforehand to see if there were voids in there and stuff like that there was no procedure for that so they just said yeah we'll just take it out there and see what happens but i think the thing is that it they were if it was poorly made or if it was not strong enough it would have failed on the first dive right i think what probably happened is it went under a cyclic fatigue a certain number of you know after enough pressurizations and unpressurizations well, and all that squeezed stuff. and let that's go that's what i wonder go. about because you know you talk about normal submarines, Navy, whatever, they're not operating at that depth and they go through a lot of pressure. Checks and balances are being done on that machine 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that became my big question is, okay, you have this thing built, how many is that good for? Really? Right. I mean, yeah, and like, I don't think anybody knows the answer to that. Maybe it's 12. Well, honestly, I mean, that, that becomes the bigger question is, okay, we're gonna have this thing built, we can use it three times at that depth mm -hmm. because well and that's why things like safety certifications are important because with even even with the big sphere ones every i don't know how, how often it is but every so often they have to get those things recertified because right. they're under a lot of stress when you're going down and back up it's like an airplane you know you're going I was just going to say and yep. i remember the the Havilland comet the first uh, jet airliner mm -hmm. they those things were falling out of the sky for a while and they couldn't figure out why and what it turned out was there were fatigue cracks it had square windows and the fatigue cracks were forming around the edges the corners of those square windows and after a certain number of pressurization cycles those cracks became big enough that the thing exploded and so it could be something like this too mm -hmm. where like a small defect in that carbon fiber which you can't see from the surface maybe after a certain number of pressure yeah. cycles that thing just failed so as the american society advances in technology availability of various technologies goes forward Obviously, this is, uh, you know, if people are paying $250,000 a head and they're making multiple dives on this, there's an industry for this. Oh, 100%. All right. All right. Now, but this is new. So let's say uh, there's also an industry that our pilot Steve here can actually throw people in the back of his jet and fly him around the country. Wow, that would really speed things up. So then a couple of Steve's airplanes fall out of the sky. How many people have to die before we all stand up and basically say, why don't we mandate a checklist? Why don't we yep. mandate engineers to have to go around and check these things every so, how many people? Are we there? Is it five? Or is this industry gonna continue forward to the point where people are literally just divvying out some money to go die until someone steps in and says, okay, enough of this. If you want to do this, that's great. Go make some money. 
deep diving in the ocean. But here's some standards you have to meet before you can sit there and charge people money to go with you on this on this death like excursion. Okay, because I get the explorer thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. When I jumped out of the airplane that I jumped out of, I was with two special forces soldiers, two former Green Berets. I had trustworthy people with me. We were in an airplane that is going through constant checks all the time. And so I felt great. I was ready to do this because I had experts with me. Where's the expertise lie? with these crew members here see and that's the crazy part is in all the interviews that they're doing with these people there's very few people that have been down that far right very few right this is this is new territory it's it's less explored than space it's more of a frontier than space oh is. absolutely 100 percent. we know more about space than we do our own oceans mm -hmm. which i think is bizarre but, but as as we're able to make these submersibles this is going to happen more and more often oh yeah. i think so yeah. we're just that, we're this is just the beginning that was one of the goals i think that they kind of had with this was to make this more accessible because there are only a handful of vessels that can go down to those kind of depths a lot of those are impossible or very difficult to charter if you want to make an expedition down there there really is not a way to do it no one was there was a russian sub mm -hmm. went down but that was purely for scientific purposes and they yep. actually got entangled in the propeller when they were down there and they had to like jerry rig this thing back and forth to break free i'm like maybe people just shouldn't go to the titanic <laughs> what's like one of the, you There's got led zeppelin sunk. right yeah. zeppelin's bad sunk like the titanic maybe we just don't go down there because there's some bad juju mm -hmm. yeah well i don't I, I don't know about the whole you know curse of the titanic which is quite famous now a lot of people <laughs> yeah. are talking about that yep. but i will say that you know this this uh, how how much study has to be done on this thing yeah, what, well, what, yeah. what are we going to scientifically figure out i know what the ocean does to metal I've seen it. I know how barnacles grow. We've all seen that too. What the hell are they studying? Well, they, they had said that they had not known decomposition at that depth, what kind of sea life would form on it, the rust sickles <laughs> yeah, that, rusticles, that yep. they had never really experienced before, and just kind of the, the degradation over time because there's very little current down there. It's very cold there's not a lot of life mm -hmm. but it has deteriorated from when they found it to now yeah, and so they were going down too. and trying to that was one of their goals was you know taking annual dives at least to it to see what it was doing my kind of big question is who cares why does it matter <laughs> that's that's yeah. what i, I mean yeah. it's how down many, there we're not bringing are, it back how, if it collapses how, okay how many other things can we have 24-hour coverage on that actually matter in the world? Honestly? Well, see, and that's another thing. Uh, you know, you're the one who texted us yesterday about this. Yeah. Uh, uh, what was it that you texted us? I want you to tell. There was a migrant or immigrant. Er, I have to think. There was an immigrant boat off the shore of Greece. Mm -hmm. Around 600 to 700 people, they're estimating, that capsized, and there were only a couple hundred survivors, 100 children estimated on board, 100 children estimated to die. And how many news outlets were covering it? No one. Nobody, Nobody was on the front page. No I mean, not on the front yeah. page. How, how much aid did they get? None. Did, was there any and Coast actually, Guard that came in? The Greek Coast Guard did 
way late mm -hmm. because they were like, meh. Yeah, they were like, we'll, oh, well try and get there. Yeah. So they're in a little bit of hot water mm -hmm. right now. And they should be. There's no, there should be 24 hour, if this is how crazy our society is, if we're watching 24 hours of a freaking submarine <laughs> gone missing, how many other yeah. things could we watch? We could watch how the hunger crisis in America. You could watch human trafficking. You could watch the war in Ukraine. How many things, how many more important things are there to worry about than a stupid submarine? Well, especially when there's no information. I mean, no one can see it. No one can look at it. It's all speculation. You know, they heard a noise maybe. That's and Ooh, There was knocking every 30 minutes. Yeah. And Which I do want to throw a little conspiracy in here. What was the knocking? Because they, they yeah. proved that it was not the submarine. And they said, oh, it's doing it in 30 minute intervals. There's nothing in the ocean that would do that on that time frame yeah. so what in the hell was that i don't know it just it just makes me very sad that our our priorities are caring like caring about this when there are so many other things that we yeah. can worry about it's, because it, it, like what we said a life loss is a life loss and it's horrible and it's tragic that people died but there are so many other things that we could worry about well yeah why did this capture the imagination so much I think that's it, though. Like Because there's boats, already a movie about it? Like, or what? boats flip over, people die, whatever, you know. Not that it's a but whatever. 600 but 600 to 700 people, I know. that uh, didn't uh, pay captivated for it. You're people, saying the rarity of it. The rarity of it. And it captivated people because I think, in a way, a lot of people are like, ooh, that's really neat. Like, they're going down to see the Titanic. I wonder what happened. Yeah. I, and I don't mean, know. It, it's more fantastical but of sensational. a story. It's, it's more sensational. That's, and that's, yeah, that's what that's, media yeah. outlets mm -hmm. generally do is they run the sensational things first, which is like... Which as, is sickening. Yeah, oh, as, absolutely. As, when, when I was in uh, college, that was one thing I didn't want. Like, everybody was always talking about, oh, you're going to, you know, one day you'll break the big news story. You'll be the first one there, blah, 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 blah. I actually don't like sensationalism and i don't like sensationalism for that very reason too many times i've seen something that i felt was going wrong with a government government official something up high and then all of a sudden look at the shiny bell <laughs> look at the shiny sensationalist bell over here right. instead of watching this go on and so I feel like sensationalism is nothing more than than you know a distraction. It's a cover for, for absolutely other big stories. Now I'm on. not saying that's what's happening here, okay? But what I am saying is that's that's why we do it. It's it's a big shiny bell, right? It's it's not there's no real substance to sensational news half the time. It's just well this horrible thing happened. Okay, so we all stand around, pat each other on the back and say it's going to be okay and tomorrow will be another day. But why do we care so much about this and not that? Mm -hmm. Something that's way more important <laughs> like rescuing people from trafficking. Yeah. Because it's not sensational. But I mean, why? But why is that? Because people are people. <laughs> I want to know about the billionaires that went missing on a submarine. <laughs> the migrants tipping over. I mean, whatever. Because they That's paid just... money to die, and these people didn't pay money to die. I don't know. It's just you want to you want to know what it is because it happens. Because migrants happen, immigrations happen, still horrible people. things happen. Yes, they are. But you've got to take a step back and acknowledge that. And a lot of folks don't want to do that. Now, I might sound like I'm being really harsh or judgmental here. And look, the fact of the matter is, to an extent, I am. Get on the Internet. 
Look at some of these savage memes coming out. People don't care about these people at the bottom of the damn ocean. Okay? A lot of people are making a good joke of this. Like, like, and when I say that, I don't mean like a positive thing. Right. It's just they're everywhere. I mean, like, how Hop many memes? TikTok, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all over the place. And, and and to an extent, you know, like some of them have come across my screen a time or two, and I gave a chuckle. That's an absolute admission right there. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, you know what? Yeah, put it all into perspective, man. Put it all into perspective. How many children died the last time Putin decided to go ahead and bomb a hospital? How many pregnant women died when he did bomb that hospital? I have no idea. Right. But, uh, but uh, boy, I know how that goddamn submarine was built. <laughs> yeah, we're all you know what I mean? I uh-huh. So you it's know like everything what? about all the people on it, the submarine itself. How it was built, the Titanic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything. So what does this say about us as human beings? What does that this we say about us? We're, we're, we're our priorities. Yeah. Well, we don't want to pay attention to the sick and sad, like immigration and human trafficking, because that makes me feel bad. This, we're on a rescue mission. Right. Okay. Okay. That sounds way more fun than talking about the hardcore issues, and that's the problem with So let everything. me pose a question to everybody real quick. If there had been no hope... Oh, there was no hope. Well, I... hang on. We didn't know that. Well... If, if they would have straight came out and said, we put a submersible down there, we lost contact, we know they're dead. Oh, that's a day's worth of news right there. Boom, one. One news story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what did you give me? Yeah, you, gave, days. No, you gave me hope. Yeah. I sat there reading that news story thinking, God, I wonder I wonder what they're doing in there. I wonder the conditions that they're going through. What's going on? How long do they have to breathe? What could they be eating? Is, is there electricity? Is it dark? <laughs> but yeah. I hoped. A glow stick. Yeah. I hoped right. they would be saved. Every yeah. one of us hoped. You gave me hope. Are we hoping for the ship to other people? The ship? Yeah. It tipped over. That's an event. Boom. Mm-hmm. Done. Psh, done. By the time we're finished, we know how many died. Okay. Acknowledge it. Throw a wreath mm-hmm. and walk on. I didn't have hope. And I think that's why it lasted four days because I was hoping. And human beings love hope. Mm-hmm. We love hope will bring you out of the worst places in your life. Hope will will make you uh, act. It'll make you stand up. It'll make you fight for something that you believe in. Hope is powerful. And that's why it lasted as long as it mm-hmm. did. And I think the jokes are a lot of, of uh, you know, rich people getting comeuppance kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. these are people that had billions of dollars and could have used that for all kinds of things, but instead they blow it on this. Right. And so when things end badly for them, you, you, you don't necessarily feel as bad as you would if they were not in that particular situation See, to start with. What's the problem with that, too? I mean, people are people. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're a billionaire exactly. or you're yeah. the mm-hmm. yeah. And, and, and being a billionaire with, with money that you don't spend wisely doesn't make you a bad person automatically. No. And no. here's the thing. It, it, but this, I talked to Floyd about this. If I had billions of dollars, I'm either building my own sub to go see this thing. Right, yeah. Or I'm calling up James Cameron and going, hey, you had a really good idea. Can I borrow that for a half a million dollars? Yeah. I'm not shelling out 250 bucks to the guy that puts Camper World stuff in his submarine yeah. and runs it with a Bluetooth game controller. Well, being rich doesn't automatically make you smart either. That's true. 
it, although he was a successful businessman. So yep. he had to, something doesn't add up to me for this whole thing. Why? Well, Why? okay, Why? I'll tell you, we're human. That's what doesn't add up. Okay. The minute you start thinking that we're logical creatures, you'll, the world will never make sense to you again. Uh, And and, and that's, that's why we all stand around shaking our heads at some of these world events because we're human beings. We do stupid crap all the time. It doesn't matter what creed class or color you are. We all do stupid stuff because once you get down to the DNA, we're all the same thing. Right. And we do things that make absolutely no sense whatsoever. One of those things is the search for this thing. They cover twice the area of Connecticut with all these ships from all over the world. Awesome. That's unity bringing people together. I get it. Why? Why did we cover that kind of area when we should have just started at the Titanic? That's where they were going. We know where that is and just made some concentric circles around it. I think I think. The currents, you know, and and when it comes to the ocean, there's not just like surface current, there's undercurrent. And so, uh, you know, again, the hope that maybe they just got grabbed by an undercurrent that we, as you guys sat here and said, we don't understand a whole lot about and just swept them off into some crazy area right and and things like that have happened before mm-hmm. you know if it, it, and, and this is going to sound insane but if you've got a large uh uh fish tank at home and you drop a penny in, right you have no idea where that penny's right. going to go it's going it this go way it's going down. that way so if they yeah. lost communication an hour and a half down number one they're probably not to the titanic as of yet and what if something happened what if a, 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 a current just hit them and they're doing nothing but just rolling along the bottom of the ocean for the past four freaking days? Or a kraken grabbed them. Yeah, well, and or you, a kraken. You look yeah. at the uh, the search techniques too. In the initial days, it was all being done from the surface, right? Through two miles of water that you know has all kinds of stuff down there at the bottom because the Titanic's there. The ROVs that they could actually get down there and do more targeted searches didn't arrive until the fourth day, yeah, right? And then once that got there, they knew exactly where to go. They're like okay they follow the column down you know for the dramatic purposes they like to come down in front of the titanic and then approach it along the bottom Mm -hmm. so they figured well it's probably going to be in front of the titanic somewhere and that's exactly where they found it see and that's why i think they probably made it down there they lost communication an hour and 45 minutes in but that wasn't a rarity they had lost communication on almost every dive that they take yeah that's why they didn't do the search until they was that you're saying red flag red flag flag. so my thought to it is if it implodes at 4,000 feet, let's say, it's there, you're going to get a lot bigger debris field than what there was. When they showed you know, a photo of like the rear cone and where the front of it was, it was pretty close together. So I can't help but think it must have been pretty close to being down. Yeah, I see what you're saying. By the time it went, mm-hmm. because otherwise, like the penny, it would have gone all yeah. over the place. I mean, the front and the back of the Titanic are a mile from each other. They're pretty far apart, yeah. But that broke apart on the surface and fell through two miles of water. Right. So... Um, yeah, I think it, it wasn't that far away from the Titanic. Um, so, I mean, it obviously imploded before they got to the ship. Right. So whether it imploded on the way down or when they got down, I mean, it, it definitely was before they actually approached the ship. And the implosion, according to one of the experts, when, when that happens, it happens in 30 milliseconds. And when it comes in, it heats the air. 
inside of that thing to the surface temperature of the sun and it just gone red flag yeah and so, so the, the, those i mean in theory they felt nothing no they didn't I, yeah. even probably th yeah there's not even time to everything register was fine it. they're on their way down and then they're gone i think yeah. in an instant, literally yeah. yeah wherever they are now they're still trying to figure out why the hell they're there right mm -hmm. yeah yeah and that's another one of the parallels between that and the original titanic story is an over-reliance on technology mm -hmm. uh, they didn't have the method of testing that carbon fiber hull and so they relied on this acoustic monitoring system that was supposed to detect any type of impending problem right you know like i don't know exactly how it would do that but you know some little micro buckles or something like that that it was supposed to detect and give them enough warning hey surface right now right but in reality it probably provided almost no warning at all no it would have been you barely hear the beep and you're gone mm -hmm. if if anything yeah I think, at that you know, depth especially if it was some sort of fatigue crack right. once those things go they go instantaneously so yeah and, if there was some kind of warning it probably wasn't anything substantial right and i was talking to floyd about this too you know it's two and a half miles down and you go two and a half miles i walk my dog five miles like i could walk <laughs> down to the Titanic and back every morning. It's not like it's a crazy distance necessarily, but it's 6,000 times the pressure that we experience at sea level. Water is heavy. Water's heavy. Mm -hmm. It's a different world down there. So if you take a pop can and drive over it, what happens? It explodes. If you take <laughs> a marble and drive over it, marble is usually pretty fine. Who in their right mind went, oh, we'll make this this you know basically cylinder and take it down there that seems like a really bad choice yeah i remember him talking about that one time actually it was like uh submarines aren't spheres so do the do these have to be yeah but submarines are like feet thick of metal yeah. think, think, think <laughs> about that think about the amount of science behind a government submarine though mm -hmm. right? right and, and I don't the engineering think they... and the engineering back how many how many of those types of, of submarines can get down to that depth? I don't think any of them. No, 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 they don't go that far. So I mean, that's possibly flawed logic. Uh, I remember him talking about the certification too, and the justification for not having the craft certified, and he's was kind of right again, but again, misjudged things severely. Uh, he talks about how the certifications for, like, like the problems in, in airplanes and that kind of stuff, is almost always human error. It's almost never. A mechanical problem that was you know a flaw or something that was severely going wrong mechanically it's almost always a human error or a negligence on the part of the company you know bad maintenance and that right. kind of stuff mm -hmm. and he's like you know the certification of the craft itself doesn't really tell the whole story uh, you can have a perfectly safe airplane and people are still gonna crash on it because of negligence somewhere else And he's like what really needs to happen is you have to look at the company behind it and we are serious about all this and all that and I think that's probably not exactly ended up being true but uh, I, I do understand the point with that that certifications don't tell the whole story but they still probably tell some of the story. They, they but help. see okay when you're looking at a risk okay you have to do risk management okay so it, here's our risk it's pretty high all right how do we mitigate this risk and and when you're when you're looking at this chart and you're going, let's put this measure in place. Let's put this measure in place. Now we'll put this measure in place too. It brings the risk down mm -hmm. to the point where it's actually negligible. And you can look at it and say, okay, the, the risk now is worth the effort. 
right? Mm-hmm. Or the effort is worth the risk. Right, right. And, and, and so if you don't take these steps to mitigate the risk that you're taking, I'm not in. Mm-hmm, right. I'm not climbing in there. Because you can sit there and you can snake oil sell me all you want as to why you haven't gotten this thing certified. But the bottom line is... You haven't gotten this thing certified. Do right. they not ask questions? Yeah. That, like, that's my thing. Like, well, so they ask questions? Last year, I believe it was, there was a guy on board the ship, because it's like a 10-day deal, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. On the ship, came to dive day, essentially. And the North Atlantic is horrible for weather a lot of times, so they'd had some weather delays, whatever. But they were also having some problems with the submersible. And it came time to, like, okay, weather's good, we're going. And he's like, I'm not going. And he didn't go. They got back. Everything was great, but he didn't go. Listen to that. I mean, nothing happened necessarily, but he just knew. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I paid my, I'll negate my money. I don't care. Yeah. I'm not getting on that thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, going back to the certification thing, um, if the airplane isn't certified, then nothing else matters. It doesn't matter how right. good the company is. If your vehicle's no good, nothing else matters right and so I, th- I think that's where you severely missed the mark it's like yeah you have to have all this you know good maintenance uh, you know, a company with good integrity and all that but if your ship's no good doesn't matter right and if you're going to be an explorer okay follow like james cameron i can put all of this at risk without getting it certified because it's just me mm-hmm. right. i'm doing this i've got my butt on the line nobody else has got their ass on the line when they're down there just him if you start charging people in my opinion and you start saying you're gonna be an explorer with me <laughs> you need certification yeah i want a third party to jump in there and take a look at this thing and you know we can look back through history and we can find examples of just about everything when it comes to certification but i want you to also keep in mind you know third party certification neither government nor the company itself that owns the piece of material should be involved in that right, certification right, right. it should be a company that does one thing it should be the submarine certification i people. go around mm-hmm. and i certify subs this is what i do for a living Lots of people out there could probably do that. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's going to be a popular business now. Well, you know what's be. interesting? Yeah. If I this continues. Yeah, I have be. a feeling this may have killed that tourism industry. Well, the funny thing about that it is I don't have the corroborating evidence for this, but as of yesterday, they were they still were booked out for many other trips. No one had canceled. I think you have to put it into perspective. Like, if you're a billionaire and it costs you $250,000, that's like having a $100 bill and it costs you two cents to right. do something. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's a drop in the bucket. It, it doesn't, it's not that huge loss. If right. you, it doesn't if you, matter. Yeah. I think that's that perspective kind of helps a little bit in why they would do something like that. I mean, if you had a, if you have a $100 reservation in for your Tesla Cybertruck and it hasn't arrived yet, it's not it, a huge. It's hundred bucks. Yeah, it's hundred bucks. It sits out there. It's right. not that big of a deal if you don't get it back. Right. Yeah, but I just I was like, no one has canceled. Red flag. <laughs> anyone? Anyone? The whole thing, though, to me seemed like a red flag operation. Yeah. I mean, literally, they had like these giant steel pipes. I guess you would call it. Right. As the weights. That's the ballast. Yeah, as yeah. the ballast. And I'm like, this is not. <laughs> I, 
It just doesn't seem like a professional setup, does no, it? No. Yeah. Not even kind of close. Like, I pay you $250,000 and you can't buy some decent ballast. <laughs> right. It's like the I Home Depot, like, do-it-yourself kit. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. show up DIY to go into space and they just have a lot of those little rocket engines that you can buy at the hobby store strapped to this. Like, nah, I'm not going. I'm, I'm passing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and so, that homemade uh, look to it, and yeah, I just uh, the thing that really really puzzles me is we're talking about like the th- tourists on there and and the pilot, the CEO of the company, but there was the, one more person on there, uh, Paul Henri Nogelet mm-hmm. was a, a person that I'd known about for a long time. I, I've been uh, enamored with the Titanic since they found it in '85, and uh, Nogelet was one of the guys who was on the original expedition to go back to the Titanic in 1987 after they found it. Uh, Bob Ballard was with. Uh, uh, the Woods Hole, and then he was with Ephraim. So he was on that first expedition when they went and found the thing, and he'd been making dives to it ever since. He'd been down there like 37, this was like his 37th time. He was probably, if not the, one of the world's leading experts on the Titanic in its modern state, at least. You know, I don't right. know how much of a historian he was, but as far as the modern Titanic story, he was probably one of the best experts in the world about that. So what, what really puzzles me is he'd made all these dives down there, but he still got on this thing, so and he just he just become complacent. Absolutely, I think that's exactly it because he had been down there so many times. He held the record, I think, for most dives to it. He'd been down there so many times. He's like, bah, I've been on everything. Yeah. I'll get on there. Just a once in a lifetime opportunity. I, I would think that literally you know, for I, I would think if I were him and I'd been on Alvin and all these other you know right, high the tech, really high tech, uh, really expensive, well made subs, and then this guy shows up with a tube with you know carpet <laughs> on it and a, and a game controller. I don't. I would have, some, and it's called the Titan. Right. I would have some trepidation about getting on that thing, the and Titan. he obviously didn't. Which or if I, he did, he overcame it somehow. And that's a, that's things don't add up to me. Like why? Why? He's he's the expert. He's been on all of the high tech stuff. Why would he get on the? paper airplane model of yeah. of subs to go down there. Yeah, I mean, you could always just hit your ride with the next one, you know? It, it, that, that's what really puzzles me about the whole thing. It's driving a Lamborghini, and then you're like, yeah, I'll go down there in your shit box. Why not? Yeah, you know I'll what take I mean? your Pinto yeah, down there. Sure, let's go. Why not? It's yeah, fine. I mean, it's was safe. that just not on his radar? Was he just not focused on that kind of thing? Had <laughs> he become complacent? I, th- yeah. I think he probably had been complacent. Yeah, been there. Be. Everything's and always things, gone it, well. You know, I don't know if he he probably had been down on this particular craft before too. I don't that I don't know. But they interviewed one of his one of his friends and the guy it was it was kind of interesting because there were so many people that were so upset, obviously. They'd lost family yeah. members, whatever. Yeah. This guy was a good friend of his He's he still goes, alive. He goes, still person, yeah. It's perfect. And they're kind of like, What? They go, PH. That's perfect. He loved the Titanic. He was the Titanic expert. It's perfect that he's down there with it now. That's, and I'm like, wow. well, I mean, I get it. Went out doing something that he loves, number one. Number I two, guess. if hopefully it happened as fast as it did, he doesn't know anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, bottom line, sure, I'll go with you on that. Why not? You know, you've got certain individuals who love to skydive, mm-hmm. and then they die doing it. When they know the risk. Right, and they they were very well aware when they jump in the plane what's going to happen. When you jump inside this submersible, you're very well aware what could happen, especially an individual like that who'd gone and done this so many different times. So maybe they're right. Maybe that's exactly what it was. 
You know what I mean? What if he stood there and he's like, well, if I'm going to go, that's how I want to do it. Well, and I so think, I'm willing to jump. I think he actually did say something like that at one point. It's like, you know, if it happened, it's going to happen fast. I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah. So maybe. And he, I mean, he was 77. But anyway, it, it but, would also I be mean, a shame if he went out that way because of negligence. See? Well, and irresponsible risks. And I that's think. where, you know, Floyd had asked contractually, you know, you're signing the waiver. And death, 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 death. Yep. Okay. Here you go. But would that hold up in court? Can I sue you? If it were main, maintenance, negligence, whatever it was. How would they prove that, though? Cause it's, but that's mm -hmm. the big, that's gone. why court cases take so yeah, long. Yeah. And, and so maybe much. they can find some of the debris and bring it up. I mean, the, the implosion would be so violent that who knows what kind of I, valuable information you'll mm -hmm. get from it. But. I don't know that there would be anything worth it's just like going for yeah, it's right? just, I mean, you, you take a styrofoam coffee cup one of those you know disposable mm -hmm. things you take that down to the titanic and it's the size of a thimble it right. crushes it that much and so that's just the normal pressure that's not a violent implosion a violent implosion is going to just destroy a lot of stuff there so oh, it, i was actually kind of surprised that they found any pieces of it and it depends on how it went like if if the carbon fiber tube crushed then the end balls would blow off right. and they'd be okay and maybe there's and that's what it looked there. like because there was the the rear cone and the front end bell out from each other mm -hmm. yeah and if it was a mating seal problem then an implosion probably wouldn't have happened it would have developed a leak or something like that right so yeah the carbon fiber cylinder is probably where the failure happened so yeah how much of that is left and what kind of shape is it in and what can you learn from it i don't think that there's much left at all when they had the coast guard on and they said you know one question from each outlet whatever and one of the gals said, well, what about body recovery for closure for the, for the fan? Well, there's, there's, nothing. there's there is nothing. literally in an implosion like that, there's nothing left. It's vaporized. So, I, and, and what there is, could you imagine with that much pressure on a human body, what it's going to look like by the time I bring it to the surface? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's going to take some time to do that. Yeah. And it's well, just going to be well, goop I just, by the time we I hit don't the top. Think I've, don't think that there's anything left it's i mean if it yeah. if it truly implodes and the air becomes that hot there's nothing left mm. yeah, plus just the crushing factor it's pulverized on top of that so i mean yeah. by the time they found the titanic they've never found a body yeah there were no bodies on the titanic yeah. yeah because either they decayed or they were crushed yeah and under the sediment yeah i mean what was left was a pair of shoes right that's all that was left of them and that's another parallel i guess with the with the titanic story i mean the deaths have happened there there's no bodies yeah it's uh it'll be interesting to see you know philosophically this is going to open up a lot of conversations about ethically and you know things like that about what's going on at that site uh, because it is a grave site Mm -hmm. but you know people visit grave sites all the time there's nothing inherently wrong with that but i i was shocked when this happened because i thought it was like a, i thought a, it was protected a protected that yeah. you weren't allowed to go global, down global like you can do some research if you've got the right credentials but you can't just go willy-nilly right around out i there. thought the same thing and then they're like oh no people go down there you know doing this doing that i'm like really yeah initially i agreed with, with robert ballard when he went down and did his expeditions he's like we should just leave it how it is right he's like i left my plaque there on the bridge we backed away from it it faded out of sight that's how i want to remember yes, it exactly and so i was opposed actually to bringing anything up from it for a while i've kind of changed my mind a little bit uh and after seeing some of the exhibits i guess maybe right. that helped as well because i do think maybe bringing 
some of those items up, you do learn some stuff about the people, you learn some stuff about what happened, and it helps preserve it. Because at some point, the Titanic's not gonna be there anymore. It's gonna be a stain on the bottom of the ocean. Right. And so maybe having some of those artifacts up here where they're preserved and can, and can last a lot longer, might there might be some value there. H but, have you been to the large traveling exhibit? I've been to the one at the Luxor, where they have the big mm -hmm. piece and a bunch of other artifacts. Um, that one, I think, is, I actually went there on April 15th, too. I happened to be there at that time, and so that's the anniversary wow. of the sinking. And so I went through it that night, and it was a, it was a great experience. I'm glad I went. I'm glad those artifacts have been brought up and preserved. But you touched on this earlier. You know, you know, what else can we learn by poking around down there today? Uh, it, should we just leave it alone? Yeah. Is it, is it time that just to just let it finish out its, its history by itself? I went to a, a, I think it was the Denver Museum of History, but they had a large traveling Titanic exhibit. You walk in, they give you a ticket number. Every visitor gets a ticket number. Yeah, that's how this one was. Too. And yeah. you now cool. get to see first class, second class, yeah. third class, and you you get to see the artifacts. And, and then there's this great room at the end where you walk out and you go and find... Your person's yep. artifacts. Did you survive or not? I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, did I, I, I Neither uh, my wife. Yeah, she she, she hadn't survived. Yep. Uh, my guy, if I remember correctly, was uh, uh, I think an eyeglass maker or something like that, and he actually managed to to survive the event. Um, but we, you know, we bought cups, teacups for our class of individual, and mm -hmm. mine was second class, and hers was third. So I mm -hmm. thought that was just really really cool yeah that's how this one that i went to was done i think it's a great it's a great experience uh but yeah i do think maybe it's it, i think this will probably open up some discussions about whether tourism is appropriate at that site uh for multiple reasons you know talking about it being a grave site i mean the, the pyramids are grave sites and gettysburg and all that stuff. i mean right the 9-11 memorial is a grave site mm -hmm. yeah. so just that alone isn't reason to not go but all the inherent dangers about getting to this site and the expense of doing it, uh, I think it should open up some conversations about whether this kind of industry should continue. And of course, uh, the Titanic did exactly what she did before and opened up conversations about overconfidence in technology. Well, and that's one of those odd parallels, isn't it? Like, oh, it's unsinkable. Well, wrong. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, we can go down there and take tourists. It's fine. Wrong. Not so right. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, again, Curse of the Titanic, maybe whatever, but it's like, yeah, maybe we should just not just leave it alone. ding around. Or what I actually would like to see. I mean, growing up, getting my open water certification early on, I wanted to either be a marine biologist or an oceanographer or something. We need to take a NASA type governmental entity and do it for the ocean. Mm -hmm. It's right here. We don't, we have no clue about the ocean. We have no clue about how to get down there. We can put rovers on Mars and fly helicopters <laughs> and we don't know what's in the ocean. Come on. Well, we should do some exploratory research on our own planet. And I'm sure there's a lot of physicists out there who are going to disagree with me, but I would think that, uh, you know, zero atmosphere is actually a lot easier to work in oh, 100%. than the massive amount of pressure that uh, that the ocean's going to mm. put on me. And I think maybe that's what it's got to do with everything, you know, our lack of exploratory uh, endeavors within our oceans. But then at the same time, you also have to ask yourself, you're going to impose a government to do this. Whose government? Well, or because it's Musk. international waters, we're going to regulate 
the Titanic site. Who's going to regulate that? Mm-hmm. Who's going to enforce that? Who makes these decisions? And, and you know, because it, it's Britain's ship. Mm-hmm. It wasn't America's ship. It was a British ship. Whose water is it in? Mm-hmm. Is it in international waters? Mm-hmm. And then who takes care of it? Russia? NATO? Who? Right. So it, there's a lot of questions having to do when it comes to the ocean. Nobody really owns it. I mean, we own seven miles. I, out. I, I, is it seven? Yeah. Seven miles out, and then we water. call it good. Yeah. And and so when we go exploring, when we go, you know, poking around down there, who's responsible for what? Who owns what? Can I stick a flag down there if I find something cool? Do I have to well, report it to the world? If you stick a flag world? in it, you own it. Britain proved that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Last thoughts. I think I already kind of said my last thought. I I personally think it's time to leave it alone. Uh, I understand how if you're going to get rich people to fund your expeditions and fund further research, the Titanic is a great draw because they're going to pay to go see that. And so if you want to get one and a half million dollars per dive, which is basically what was going on, mm-hmm. uh, that can fund a lot of new developments in technology and, and further research. So having a site like that where people will pay to see it, I can see the draw with that. But at the same time, I think it's extremely dangerous. I don't know what we're actually getting a further value out of it. It's very expensive. I think it's time to leave it alone. Aaron? I don't know. I think my final thought is, you know, people do goofy things, spend money on whatever they want. And I think that that should continue. If you want to climb Everest, you know it's dangerous. It's going to cost you $100,000, whatever. If that's your gig, do it. But people need to listen to their gut and people need to assess where they're going, what they're doing, because I wouldn't have gotten on this thing. Mm -hmm. Even if they would have given me a free ticket to ride, no. Too many red flags, like Madison says. (laughs) Madison? Just pay attention. I, I don't know. I'm kind of with you for like what you said. This whole kind of thing is just, it's too much. Why did we spend so much time on it? Why, why was it super, super important more than anything else? And I think this draws a lot of attention to where we put our priorities, unfortunately, and where they actually should be going. I think the only thing I would say is this. The Internet's going to do what the Internet wants to do. But as we have laughs or whatever at the cost of somebody else, please just keep in mind. Lives were lost to include a child who didn't even want to be there. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of kids are going to hate me for this, but a teenager is still a child in my eyes. It's a life lost, a lot of opportunity. So just try to do it with a slice of decorum. All right, this has been Jackalope's Explore.